This is the Movie Reel. We bring you a rotating panel of movie enthusiasts for some good, some bad, but always fun movie discussions. Be warned, spoilers are in effect. So grab your favorite movie snacks and sit back while we queue up the cast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Reel. We are going to be back now today with the final Austin Powers movie, Austin Powers Gold Member. Okay, <laughs> so the the final in the in the trilogy. Uh, we'll talk more to see what we think about a fourth movie and potential there as well, because there's some scuttlebutt about that. So it's kind of a fun reason to do this at the same time. Uh, they're just they're just really fun movies. Let's just be serious here. If you don't have fun watching these, why watch them, right? Uh, and on this episode with me today, back again to finish the trilogy, my lovely wife, Yay. Heather. Hey. She's back. I've, I've suckered her in again. I'm really good at schmoozing, so I can, <laughs> I can do this. I can do this uh, all day long. It's good stuff. <laughs> So we are going to discuss the final one in the trilogy, a couple of fun things about it. Um, this was a big movie for Beyonce was one of the, was the bigger thing. Um, she made like $6 million to do this movie. And then she ended up doing um, what was the uh, dream girls. She did dream girls. And she doubled her money from one movie to the next. So I think she showed her acting chops in this movie. Um, so that, that was just kind of a fun one. I, I just found and wanted to say something about here before we get into the synopsis uh, of it. And I'll read the synopsis and we'll get on to it. So your sexy spy is back for a third time for another shagadelic romp with help from a new partner, Foxy Cleopatra from the 70s. Austin must stop Dr. Evil and his Dutch counterpart, Goldmember, from pulling a golden meteor from space into a collision course with Earth. So that is the, uh, the gist of what we have going on in the movie here. Uh, Mike Myers plays four roles in this one, which I actually forgot that uh, he comes back as Fat Bastard in this one, and he plays Goldmember. So he technically does four roles. We talked about that in the last episode for The Spy That Shagged Me that he played three. So they stretched his money pretty far to play four characters, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy to play four characters in one movie. It reminds me of uh, Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy, that oh, table yeah. scene where he played like everybody at oh that table gosh. scene. I forgot about that movie. That's a good movie too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really made me think of that. He played everybody but the little kid at that uh, table scene, which is crazy. I think there were six, there was at least five because yeah. there was the parents, there was two boys, and then the grandpa, grandma. So I think he yeah. played five at that table. Well, if there's the two boys, the parents, there'd actually be six because, you know, the nutty professor was also at the table. No, he was one of the boys, though. I don't remember. The, oh. It was just him and a brother. Oh, so, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So he I've played five people sitting at one table. That was kind of like groundbreaking at the time that yeah. they made that scene work. Well, that scene's hilarious, by the way. That's that a good movie. hilarious, by the way. That's a good movie. We'll watch that one sometime. Yeah, we need to watch that one. Uh, but yeah, four roles. Um, real quick, go. What what out of the four roles were at the end of the trilogy? We can talk about all of them so far. And what what of those four roles is his best, Mike Myers' best character out of the four? Oh, Dr. Evil, hands down. 
Yeah, I have to agree. I can't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> he he just plays that character so well. And yeah, he just steals the show in both in in all of the movies. Like the first movie, not so much, but the last two, like when they really seem to find their groove with the movie, Dr. Evil is the star. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's fantastic. He's still holding on true. Uh, they brought him back for a Super Bowl commercial here recently, which is a little bit what we'll talk about why we think maybe there'll be a fourth win and what we want from that. Um, this movie made good money. It, it was the most you know, profitable of the three. Uh, a budget of $63 million, and it made, in the box office, it made six, or $335,999 million. So it might, might as well be $336 million, right? You can round it yeah. up two hundred dollars Yeah, you might you know, as well. What, what's the difference? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, we're, you know. we're rounding billions these days. Why not round a couple right. hundred thousand? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, opening weekend, it made all of its money back in one weekend. It made $73 million. It actually made $10 million over its budget uh, in the first weekend. And I thought that was kind of neat that it just jumped off really, really fast. This money or this movie made more money in its first weekend than the first movie made its whole time in theaters. So that really shows you know, how, how, how much these movies grew, right? Yeah. Yeah. How much they grew in popularity and they became a lot more relevant. Like the, the jokes and the puns were much more relevant in the second and third yeah. movie than the first movie. And it, it poked fun at itself. So yes. if you've seen the other movies, it really helped uh, just keep the laughs going. Cause you know, with the Scotty don't and you know, the shushing <laughs> and the, the whip it zip and, it. and zip it, zip it. Yes, exactly. Not whip it. That was one of the jokes though. Uh, so yeah, I was like, that's, that's pretty good money. That goes to show why it made like over half a billion dollars um, total for the trilogy. Uh, this, this movie here was a good chunk of that, like majority of it. Oh Yeah which was kind of cool uh star-studded cast in this movie guys yeah. uh starts off it really kind of fooled our daughter from the beginning she didn't think it was the right movie because we have uh you know tom cruise playing austin and gwyneth paltrow uh she plays the love interest in that uh, kevin spacey uh he plays dr evil danny devito plays mini me which is the best so, which is great yes <laughs> so yeah because the movie starts off with like them making a movie of Austin Powers, his life. And it's directed by Steven Spielberg and they got all these big stars in it. And it, it was, it was really great. It's just really, really showed the satire to bond that we've been talking about on all these podcasts here so far. It, this one screamed it because it, you know, oh, the yeah. music was a little bit different, right? It sounded better. It sounded more bond like throughout the movie, even just kind of the ambiance music that would be playing. Um, I was just really happy with this movie overall. This would probably be my favorite of all of them, watching them all. Yeah. As a as a movie as a whole, uh, I love to watch the trilogy. If I if I can watch them all together, I want to. But if I separated it out, just one movie, I, I would have to say Goldmember would be my favorite. Would what do you think? I would agree. That one is my favorite as well. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, Beyonce. Uh, she, she's sexy as hell. She knows how to work it. She can sing and she uses like all of those things in this movie and the music, like the, the especially that solid gold, you know, song mm -hmm. she sings, you know, yeah. And yeah. with the, uh, the roller disco going on and stuff like that was, yep. uh, was really cool in the seventies to see her up there just kind of shaking it in her, in her gold, uh, her gold outfit. Um, 
she's the spy in this movie. So she's the backup to Austin Power. She's Foxy Cleopatra, as she says. <laughs> and she's great. I mean, I, I think she did a really, really good job for something that was like really early in her career of acting and stuff like that. Um, we got to talk. Go ahead. Her first movie. I think so. Because um, I don't I remember her being check. anything before this, but I, I could be wrong. But I feel like this was like her first. It obviously was her first big movie. Yes. Yeah, this was her big, big first one. Um, looking at it, her filmography started in 2002 with Goldmember. Yep. Yep. So it was not uh, Dream Girls was 06. And yeah, she did some smaller roles like she was in the Fighting Temptations and things like that um, in between all those as well. But that was, yeah, from what I see here, it looks like, yeah, 2003, she kicked it off with uh, Goldmember. Like I was saying earlier, I mean, I thought so too, but I didn't want to like stick that in stone or anything, but she really did a good job like making a great first impression. <laughs> yeah, she did. Now we have to talk because now we're on the third one. You know, there's been a love interest in all of them. They've all been different in one way or another. Where would you scale them? Like if you had to rate them, where would you say one, two, three or three, two, one? We'll end with the, which one you think would be the best overall. Match. Match or, you know, just fitting, you know, acting, you know, just kind of overall. What do you um, think? Mm, and why? Well, you know? So I would have to say it would have to go one, three, two. Okay, think- that does. That doesn't make sense to the listeners. So <laughs> say, say which, so, which person? So Vanessa, Vanessa where was she, yeah, where would she last? Right? Okay. So she she's the first last. movie. Okay. Yes. Um, third movie would be Foxy Cleopatra. Okay. And then number one choice would be um, Heather Graham's character. Yes. Okay. Why so, am I spacing her name? We just watched these. Her name? Yeah. Oh, Felicity Shagwell was her name in the yeah, movie. That's it. Yeah. I was gonna say Felicity you just said Shagwell. you just said no. Heather Graham. I'm like, you know her name. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant her character's name. Gotcha. Yeah, Felicity <laughs> Shagwell. So I, you know, it's super, super tough between Heather Graham and Beyonce. Um they did a really good job. I mean, Vanessa's definitely last. That that yeah. character, she was just too cold and too mom-like and that kind of stuff that we've mentioned in previous episodes. But Man, I don't know. It's something like I'm 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 stuck with myself asking this question and and thinking about it. It's like Beyonce's character was really great, fit the era she was meant to be in, had really oh, good yeah. one-liners. Yep. Uh, you know, she knew how to, you know, take the, you know, character and run with it. But I don't think she was a great match with Austin. It, and so like I get kind of pulled because Heather Graham her character, you know, Felicity, she had a really good connection. She played the role really well, written really good. So it was like, man, this is super tough to decide who I would choose from. As like as close as I could say it's a tie, if I really had to choose, I would say it would have to be Felicity because she was just I just liked her character so much more. She just owned it and she fit like a glove with Austin and you could see them too, like you know, being spies together until they retire, you know, with kids and, you know, then see grandma and grandpa, you know, powers, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that one, I think just stuck with me more, but man, Beyonce is, she is so good in this movie. She kills it. 
the you know when she's when she punches the dude and yells shazam that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes you know i think that's hysterical yeah she just shazam i mean she just gets into it and i feel like maybe being her first movie she kind of she was kind of a little reserved with stuff too I, I don't think they wanted to make her into like some kind of crazy sex symbol or anything coming out of destiny's mm-hmm. child and stuff yeah. so you could see that they reserved her or she you know had it reserved on her own uh, I couldn't find anything about it or nothing to really give it, you know, solidify it. But it just felt that way because there wasn't like kissing in it. There wasn't a bunch yeah. of flirting and stuff. It was just words. It was like, oh, you sexy baby, you know, and he was like, ooh, ooh, you know, there's a kiss on a cheek a couple times, you know, that yeah. it's kind of like they yeah. tamed it down. Yes. And I, I at first I thought maybe was that because of the movie Did they write the movie that way because they were trying to tame down the, the trilogy, you know, not go too much mm-hmm. further. Or if it was more cause like, you know, it was Beyonce and they didn't want to, you know, make her a sex symbol or something. I'm kind of curious your, your thoughts on that as well. Like what, what do you think? Do you think it was tamer and, and why? I do think it was tamer between, you know, Austin and. Foxy, Foxy. Cleopatra. Foxy. Um, and I think part of it is because it was probably her first, it was her first movie. Like she wasn't at that point in time, a, a huge like sex symbol or anything. Like she had never done any work outside of music. Um, so I feel like that was probably a lot of it. They just wanted her to be kind of low key, a little flirty, you know, fun, but not like trying to pursue a relationship or be with Austin. So I would agree with you. Yeah. So more, more that something was written in a contract or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what yeah. I feel like too. I did try researching it. But like I said, I couldn't find anything solid, but it's worth noting, you know, that like the trilogy of Austin Powers doesn't get more outlandish and sexualized or anything like that. It, it gets more hilarious, which yeah. is fantastic. Now but, I have a question for you. So do you think the movie would have been different though? Like Beyonce's character, Foxy Cleopatra, if, there was more of a love story. Like, do you think it would have made the movie less entertaining or less funny? Yeah, probably because the movie is not, it's not meant to be like this lovey dovey story thing. Um, The second movie did do that a lot more than any of the other ones. I mean, the first one, you know, kind of made love interests the, the main point in a way. But the second one was like really the deal because he lost his mojo, you know, which is that whole deal. But I feel like if if they would have leaned more into a love story or, you know, sexualizing Beyonce's character or anything like that, it it probably would have made the movie worse, in my opinion. Um, I'm glad they didn't. I actually like the dialed back, you know, with just more more comedy, like just bringing the laughs instead, because that's I think that's what they did that I think they knew they found something there after the second movie really took off. They went, Oh, I know, I know we haven't lost any of our audience. We've gained so much more. Let's just go nuts now with just funny gags and just have fun with it. And I felt like that's what they did with this one. And I think if they would have gone the other direction, it probably would have put Austin in a bad light too. It would have just made him out to be just this kind of like, you know, horny, horny guy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it would have made every girl that Austin interacts with, you know, more or less just like a whore. You know what I mean? Like, that's just I don't know how just a bad light on the overall movie. 
Yeah. Because they kind of, that's kind of how the, the world is now too. Right. So like right. they, you know, 20 years ago when this movie came out, um, which, you know, was 2002, I didn't mention earlier, it was a little different, but you know, we shouldn't be sexualizing every woman in every movie ever. You know, that's just not the way it should be. Right. And you shouldn't be making a man out that that's the only thing he cares about either. So it was really, really good, really digging deep and thinking about this movie that they found a really great balance and they leaned heavily in the comedy while still keeping, you know, like a, a sexy girl on screen who, you know, can act and really show her talents and has become a huge star because of it. And they didn't oh, yeah. like, they didn't cover her up or crowd her with anybody else. They let her kind of own her scenes and she had fun with it. You could tell. So yeah, I'm really glad they didn't. It would have made, I think it would have made a worse movie and I think it probably would have shined a, a bad light on the whole trilogy as right. the movie, each movie got more and more sexual instead of, you know, really what they should have been doing, which was, you know, poking fun at James Bond and having a good time with it. And which I, if you think about the James Bond movies, when those first came out, like he had a different girl every movie. Exactly. Like, but then, you know, after Pierce Brosnan, when it became Daniel Craig, like he had one girl through the movies like there were other spies that came in, but there wasn't as much of a love interest in those. Yeah. I just thought that was a fun little coincidence. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, the newer ones, there is an overarching story with the Daniel Craig bond that sticks with, you know, one main love interest. So no spoilers on the bond movies. You go watch those. Yeah, They're no, great. Go so. watch them. They're awesome. The newest one was a little too long, but other than that, I think they could, yeah. I could have edited that and cut out probably 20 minutes. And it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we, uh, we have Michael Caine in this movie as well here. So he is, uh, Austin's dad and, uh, yeah, he's like Sir Nigel Kane, right. Or Sir Nigel powers. Uh, yeah, yes. I mixed, I mixed his real name and his, his, his fake name. <laughs> so yeah, he was, he was a really neat addition. Um, there, uh, one of our, uh, one of our little fun facts is that the glasses that Austin wears is actually from a character that N Michael Caine played in a, in a British movie that he just stole like, you know, inspiration from. So I thought that's kind of cool. They brought him into the fold and made him an actual character in the movie as well. Uh, he does a really good job. He's got some pretty funny scenes, right? Him you oh, know, yeah. meeting his dad and uh, saving him. And then they get, you know, they get captured and everything and, and gold members disco club or whatever his roller disco. Yeah. That was, a, that was a fun scene to see uh, with the, uh, they were bro speaking broken English or something like that. I don't remember what they called it, you know, and they yeah, subtitled and they had to have it. The subtitles. <laughs> and then the very last subtitle, it just a bunch of question marks. Yeah, a bunch of question marks. <laughs> and then they shat on a turtle, you know. So. <laughs> and the girls behind them have no clue what they're saying. Yeah, they're just like, looking at each other. <laughs> um, so before we get too far, we got to talk about, I mean, he's in the title of the movie. We got to talk about Goldmember. Even though this guy takes, you know, center stage on this, you know, movie title, he's not center stage 100% of the movie. He's kind of a backlog character. Yeah. But he's funny. He's, he, he's weird, right? Anna, he, yeah, it's he's weird. weird. Isn't that weird? <laughs> um, how do you, how do you like Austin or, well, how do you like Mike Myers as, you know, gold member character? I liked him. Um, it is funny that the movie is called Goldmember and Goldmember is like an afterthought almost sometimes in the movie. He's not in it. He's probably in as many scenes as Fat Bastard is in, in the movie. So yeah. 
it focuses way more on Austin and Dr. Evil, which was awesome. Um, but I did enjoy him as gold member. Um, his whole little, you know, smoke and a smoke and a pancake, and... pipe and a pipe, <laughs> bong and a blitz. Yeah, yeah, yep. that was really funny. Yeah, cigar and a waffle. Cigar and a waffle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was really good as gold member. The character overall was weird. Like he he was kind of a weird one. Yep. Um, definitely obsessed with gold. So. Yes. Turn, turned wanna, his uh, member into gold. I was going to say, I didn't want to ruin anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, you're watching, you're listening. Yeah, you're going to get spoilers. It's going to happen. <laughs> but yes, uh, his, he is called gold member because he lost his genitalia in an unfortunate smelting accident. <laughs> so he has a solid gold member, uh, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he was he was really great. So, some of his lines have stuck with me for a long time. I mean, somebody mentions a waffle or a pancake or something. I mean, yep. they come to mind almost yep. often. Like, I mean, every breakfast that is something like that is like a well, pipe and a pipe, bong and a blunt, cigar and a waffle. I mean, all those things. And they're just looking at him like, what? What is wrong with you? Like, he's like, huh? It okay. seems there's no pleasing you people, you know, <laughs> like he's giving them yeah. all these options and they're still like, no, I'm good. So I thought he was really great. Uh, definitely gross with him eating his own skin, you know, cause uh, he's peeling. <laughs> that's pretty sick. That is disgusting. But that's something with every bad guy, except for Dr. Evil that has something gross about him in these movies. I mean, fat bastard, gross. I mean, yeah, just gross, gross to even look at. Just gross. Um, and then, you know, you have gold member eating his own skin and just being totally weird. <laughs> you know, he has a skin box that he has Beyonce put, you know, stuff in, you know, it's like, it's like, you're, you're, you're a psycho gold member. And he's like, Oh, get it away from me. Get it away from me. He's trying to eat it. You know? Yeah. Then, then there's the so scene disgusting. later where he does it with Dr. Evil where he, he says, pulls it off his shoulder. Either. He's like, you're not going to put that in your mouth. Are you? And then he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then he eats it. And he's like, Oh, that's a good one. Oh. That's salty. That's salty. He's like, Oh, you did gross. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're great, funny scenes. I mean, at least they're not, they are gross, but they're hilarious because of what happens because of them. Uh, if it was just a guy sitting there eating a skin out of a box, it'd be really gross, but there's always some back and forth. It's still not as gross as Fat Bastard, so. True, not as gross. Yeah, no. Fat Bastard's pretty gross. Yeah. He's still gross in this movie. He's back again. (laughs) Yeah, he leaves a rosebud. The rosebud in his, in in my diaper. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he is a sicko, that is for sure. Um, so we, I want to talk real quick on the play on the names that they do on every Austin Powers movie. So this one, we get three of those names, by the way. Uh, I mean, you can count four if you say Foxy Cleopatra in there, but there's always the girls that always have a name. You know, you had uh, a lot of vagina was in the first movie. And then you Ivana had um, a lot. I a hump a lot <laughs> is in the second movie. Obviously, Felicity Shagwell. Then we have Beyonce's Foxy Cleopatra in this one. We also have he meets twins in the movie. Uh, so he has a Fook me and a Fook you, uh, which I think is hysterical. That seems great, by the way. That is, yes. And it's real close to the beginning. And then, uh, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow plays the love interest in the, the movie trailer they're shooting at the beginning for the live action movie of his life. And her name is Dixie Normus. So <laughs> it's just there are lots of names. It's so great. And I just love that sort of comedy. I mean, play on words and puns and sexual innuendos and whatever. I think they're hysterical and they're done so well in this movie and they're done with, with tact and taste with comedy in mind the whole time. Yes. They're not just like thrown out there to be thrown out there. They, they do serve a purpose. 
that is yep. hilarious. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have to ask though, out of all of those names, which one is the funniest? It has to be the twins. The twin Fuk me, Fuk you. Just that, and I think a lot of it is the are you scene. Say, okay, I was gonna say, are you saying that because of the scene or are you yes. saying that because of the names? Okay. If you had I mean, to choose the names just are name. hilarious. I don't know. Dixie Normus is pretty good. That's the that's my number one yeah. just name. I'm like Dixie Normus, that just is name, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just name the the scene though. The Fook Me Fook You is a fantastic scene. I actually yeah. absolutely love that one because um, you know it's it's shot really well and the comedy is just like right on pace. The timing's perfect and it really kind of shows Austin and his you know his attitude toward twins and you know everything. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, oh, and his little notebook that he pulls out. If you're watching the movie, you have to pause it and read yeah. what he has written on the notepad. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. Yeah, try and try and read them and uh, and just have fun with that. It's, it's make sure you've seen the other three movies first, yes. and then you'll or the other two movies, and and you'll get a better laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a slight spoiler in the movie too, because the final thing he hasn't marked off yet is on there too, and you can read that and see what that is. You'll see it happen as the movie goes. We won't spoil that part. No. That's just kind of something fun you can do with the kids or, uh, you know, the spouse or whatever um so we we've talked about gold member and uh you know the twins and everybody but the the roller disco scene we got to talk about that scene so that's where they introduce gold member in the movie where you know foxy sings her song you know um introduces him he comes out tells everybody he's from holland and he's like isn't that weird and then they have this really like choreographed this disco roller disco thing going on and, and this is in the 70s so you got to remember that if you haven't seen the movie yet this takes place in the 70s so it's real you know like just i mean that was the thing in the 70s was roller disco yep it's huge i mean it's just a vibe and party like everybody's on roller skates and everybody's dancing and having a good time uh it it, it was really well done uh the outfit the gold members wearing is just ridiculous it's like a it's like a tank top that's gold. And then all he's got gold, like, baby. it's all gold. He's got these really short shorts on, you know, like <laughs> those roller skate shorts you would wear or see back in the seventies and eighties. And they're really short and they're solid gold. And then his, uh, his skates are gold. I mean, everything's gold. Everything's gold. And Gotta he's very gold. flexible, right? Gold members, very flexible, very flexible, <laughs> a little too flexible. Yeah. I don't understand where that joke comes from. Uh, it's, it's kind of cringy, you know, when you watch him do them, you know, I mean, they're, they're practical effects and they just use these camera angles and certain things to do it. But um, at one point he's roller skating. Heck yeah, you are. Yeah. You're freaking out. At one point he's roller skating on one foot and he like lifts his leg, other leg up to his chest, you know? And then uh, I think at one point, he actually raises both up and he's still roller skating. Cause that's just a joke. Like, how is that even possible? Uh, I can't remember hundred percent. I think that happens though. There's where, then, the part where he's sitting on the floor. Yeah. Then he sits he down both legs up. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so that, the, that whole scene was great. The music in it was so good though. Like, I mean, it's stuck in my head right now. Let's go member. Mm-hmm. It's go member. I mean, like it just gets yeah. stuck in your head. She's like, it's gold. It's gold. It's gold. I mean, you just get, you get into it like and they're dancing and they're like having this choreographed moment which is it's funny but at the same time you're like man this is really good music and Beyonce singing it all so it obviously sounds really good and they have a really good time with it and 
And then obviously, you know, you see him uh, with kind of all of his croonies and stuff that kind of show up, which all of them are girls in gold. Like that's just their deal. He's kind of like Austin in that way where, you know, he's surrounded by women all the time, but you know, he's, he can't do anything about it. He's lost his, you know, member in a a smelting accident, (laughs) but uh, I guess he's just tortured himself all the time, you know, having these girls (laughs) around, but I'm like, okay, you know, I can get down with this guy. It's good. And then they introduce the dad and then they get into Dr. Evil and mini me. And we got, we got to, we got to go there. We, you guys have been listening to the last two episodes, you know, we're going to talk a decent amount about mini me, a decent amount about Dr. Evil. (laughs) So there are so many jokes in this part of the movie starting off with, Mini Me is on the the baby Bjorn type thing on his belly, like he's carrying him around this baby carrier, <laughs> and he keeps falling asleep. Right, uh, yeah. Mini Me is passing yep. out on his chest, and they you. This is where you find out, you know, Mini Me is just a fiend for chocolate. Like he absolutely loves chocolate. It's like crack. Which he he liked cookies in the last one. Like he was he bit number two. You know, he, you know he's a yeah. biter. You know, he's biting the cookies or whatever. But uh, they go a lot further here with this one. Like it, I think he says, um, you know, look, look at mini me on account of the chocolate. It's like freaking catnip for clowns, mm. you know, <laughs> and he is freaking out all over his face. Like a little kid yep, would be eating. Yep. Right. <laughs> yes. Everywhere. Like a little kid with melted chocolate. And then, uh, he has him on like a leash, uh, attached to the Bjorn, you know, like you see, you know, some kids walk around, you know, their parents have like a little leash on the back or whatever that's around their chest. And he tries to attack Scott because that's still going on. They don't like oh, each yeah. other. Nope. And he pulls him back and he's like, oh, I got me a Marlin, you know, and he yanks <laughs> him back. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I pull too hard? He knocks him backwards or whatever. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Uh, and then they continue to go through with his 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 giant plan, which is to pull this. He has a tractor beam tractor now. Beam. Tractor beam. <laughs> and he is going to pull this. Midas 22 meteor, which is made out of solid gold to earth, which is why he gets gold member to join him because he's going to get all the gold then after this happens. But, you know, Dr. Evil's going to get all of his money too. So either way, but then there's the whole preparation H joke, you know, like they had so many different choices on the whole preparation (laughs) H does feel better. (laughs) And he says, uh, you know, operations a through G have failed. Yeah. And then he's like, or pre- preparations A through G is what he says. And then he says, so, you know, we're, we're calling this preparation H and, and, you know, Scott loses it because he knows what it is. Oh, and yeah. he, he's like, why don't you just call it, you know, operation ass cream. Ass cream. You know? <laughs> well, you want some ice cream? He's like, yeah, I would love some love chocolate some ass cream. Ass cream. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, maybe later, maybe later. <laughs> He's totally confused. Dr. Evil is like, why does he want ice cream? Right. Why is he talking about ice cream out of nowhere? Yeah. Uh, and then um, you have you have that back and forth again where, you know, he's like, oh, Scott's like, he's like, Scotty, you know, he's like, I, I don't remember what he tells him in this one. He tells him to like shush or stop or, you know, Scott, Scotty don't. I think it was don't all the time. Scotty don't mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. He's like, Scotty oh, well, yeah. what do I do here? And this is where they play on the rest of the movies where it's like, oh, wait, I got to do my part now. Oh, please don't. And he's like, shut up. And he's like, what do I say again? Oh no. And, and they just go back and forth with the zip it and the, you know, then they pull the wool under, over your eyes at one point because 
you think it's over. And then Dr. Evil goes right back into it again. He's like, you know, yep. Scotty, you know, don't. And he's like, oh, come on. You're such an ass, man. He's, you know, that, that whole scene again was just great. Uh, playing, you know, jokes on themselves and kind of making fun of themselves from the first two movies. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they do the whole, like, mini me likes chocolate. Scotty, don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it all came from was the Scotty yeah. don't thing where yeah. it was like, mini me's great. Scotty's crap. So here we go. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then it started the ball rolling. Yep. And then you, you get a little bit unexpected in this movie where it ends up mini me and Dr. Evil kind of get on the outs. Like mini me gets upset. Dr. Evil's not treating him right. And, you know, he leaves and he, you know, defects and he's done. He goes and works for uh, the Ministry of Defense now. And oh, in wait. That, yeah. We totally skipped the part where they're in jail. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Like, we got to talk about song that. song and dance and like. Yeah. It, it was hilarious like he basically dr evil has everyone in jail like doing his bidding pretty much and then frau comes to visit and she <laughs> they like have this weird ass like make out scene <laughs> <laughs> and you're like okay and then they're like checking him and he she slipped him a key and yep. yeah yeah that and then that's when they hilarious. do the that's when they do the, the hard knock life song yes uh yeah yep. i want and mini me's you know doing his thing and they're like yeah it's it's hysterical because they make mini me into a rapper and they make dr evil into a rapper and they kind of look like yep. um oh i'm spacing the rapper with the hung the clock around his neck you know as a on a chain i can't remember oh in that flavor 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 that's it yes yes <laughs> so yeah mini me kind of embraces the flavor flavor of the of the whole thing yeah and, uh, it was dr evil's just a gangster yeah we that, scene put that part in there yeah yeah, that, that okay. was a really good part of the movie. I, I totally skipped over that. I forgot that he defected after they got out of prison. So, yes. Um, but uh, they do uh, they do a big thing where when Mini-Me does defect and goes over to the Ministry of Defense, you, you finally see Dr. Evil connect with Scott. And you, you don't know that right away, but he kind of boots Mini-Me away and Mini-Me gets sick of it. And Scott now takes a seat next to Dr. Evil and then he starts to get really evil. And the reason this all happens is because Scott finally got Dr. Evil freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached <laughs> to their freaking heads. Yep. So that was kind of the kicker, you know, Scott starts to lose his hair. He's become evil while Dr. Evil was in jail. He started to take over the family business and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the big thing going to jail that I spaced, actually, we needed to know about that. So thanks, yep. thanks Heather for bringing it up because I spaced it. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that makes the whole difference in where the movie goes from there because now Scott's going to be evil and Dr. Evil's happy about that. And mini me's now left to the cold. And yep. once he gets over to the ministry of defense, we have the character that we haven't mentioned yet, but he is a mole in Dr. Evil's, you know, whole corporation. And he plays number three instead of number two, he works for number yep. two. And he's got this giant mole on his face and it's Fred Savage who plays him. And it's just this big hairy mole on his lip and nobody can get past it, especially Austin. Austin has to get it all out of his system at one point in the movie, which is really great. Um, and then he actually is the one who finds out that Minimi wants to defect from Dr. Evil and he shows up, signs these papers. He's now working for a ministry of defense 
And Austin, nobody else knows, only number three knows. And he finally like leaves the room to tell uh, Bat. Wait, yeah, Basil. He goes to tell Basil. Yeah. And after he does, then Austin walks in the room and sees Minnie Me opening this letter that he's uh, congratulations for joining the Ministry of Defense guy. And he's holding like a knife opener and he's yeah. holding the letter. <laughs> and he's like, instantly thinks he's about to be attacked by Minnie Me. And they just get into this huge fight. And I mean, I think the first thing Austin does is punt him across the room. Like he it, kicks yeah. him like into the mini <laughs> fridge. <laughs> um, so tell everybody about that scene, Heather. I'm like, what, what did you think about that scene? I think it's one of the funniest parts of the movie. Oh yeah, it is. It's hilarious. And like Austin is just beating up mini me and then he puts him in a pillowcase and you're like, okay, you know, this could be the end. Like he's obviously got him captured. He's in a pillowcase. He's not going anywhere. Oh no. Austin is like slamming him against the wall, knocking off bookshelves with Minnie Me in this pillowcase who cannot get out of the pillowcase. Like, it's just hilarious to watch them fight. And the whole time you see number three on the balcony on the phone and you're like, why is he not turning around? Like all of this commotion behind him, but he's not, he's just continuing to talk like, oh yeah, Austin will be so excited when he finds out. And, and you're like, you're, you see Minnie Me at one point as like trying to get his attention number threes and he Which just he can't he talk can't, he can't he can't talk he just keeps and going just like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then finally mini me gets out of the pillowcase and is like running and runs into the balcony door and then that's when number three turns around or mole and he's like oh okay and then he explains to austin like hey you know he defected he's one of us now and austin was like oh sorry about that like we're cool <laughs> welcome, we're good welcome aboard <laughs> welcome aboard yeah. <laughs> yeah that scene's fantastic it had our kids just rolling as well i mean it is a very funny oh, yeah. scene uh he beats the literal hell out of mini me in that scene it's great yep and then mini me's just like okay cool you know, yep, it's him. over now. And now Mini Me looks like Austin. Like Austin, he's dressed yep. up and he has a little mini suit on and you know he's and the glasses, the glasses, and the, wig. And the wig. Yep, he's got hair now. Yep. Um, and then you know, one of the one of the better jokes in the movie uh is Mini Me's in a car seat in the back, and they're driving the Mini Cooper, and Foxy Cleopatra and Austin are in the front seat, and they're just kind of getting their, you know, things together. What are they gonna do to take over Dr. Evil? And and then Mini Me hands him hands. Foxy Cleopatra note that says, um, you're, you're beautiful. You must be an angel. And yeah. she's like, she's like, no, no, but that's sweet of you, little man. And then he send he gives her another, like, are you sure you're not a clone of an angel? And she's like, yeah, no, 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 I'm not. And he's like, well, are you sure you don't have a little clone in you? And she's like, no, no, I'm good. No. And then he says, flip it over. And you know, she flips it over and it says, well, would you like to? <laughs> and Austin's just like, you horny little bugger, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like he embraces that side of Austin then like instantly. Now yep, he's Austin's mini me. Yep. And you know, he's, he's doing the like me, you, me, you with uh, Beyonce. <laughs> and she's like, she's, oh man, it's, no. it's a funny scene. No. It's really good. It is a funny scene. So yeah, then once uh, once that all happens, we have um, we have just kind of the the end of the movie coming up, which was just it's just an Austin Powers movie. A lot of it doesn't have to make sense. It's just crazy, one thing after another, yep. and you find out that Nigel Powers, Austin's dad, is actually Doctor Evil's father, and you had heard earlier in the movie that Doctor Evil. 
Uh, his parents were killed in an explosion. And then he was therefore then adopted by, you know, these Dutch people. And turns out that that was someone trying to kill Nigel and his family uh, since he was a spy. And the only one who survived was, he thought, was Austin. He thought Dougie, which is actually Dr. Evil's real name. Dougie. He thought Dougie had died. And by the time he found out that he wasn't dead and he was alive, the those, you know, what, is, what does he say? He's like, those, those Dutch had made you so damn evil or something. And Dr. Evil gets all excited, you know, because he's so evil now. Yeah. I thought but, they were Belgium. Oh, that's right. They were Belgians. The Belgians yes, yes. Yeah, yeah the, the Belgians had made you so evil. The who is the Dutch then? Where do they get the Dutch from? That was a cool. Oh, that, that's that's who um that's who Do, um Nigel does not like. He says yeah, uh, he doesn't like the Dutch. Yeah, he, he says yeah. what are two things he dislikes, and one of them was something I forget, and the other one was the Dutch. That's why. Yep, the Dutch. So yeah, then you find out that Austin and Dr. Evil are brothers. So surprise, surprise, big old surprise! twist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, it doesn't all make sense and it doesn't have to, it's just what makes it funny, but this whole scene's going down where everybody's in love. Now they're all happy. They found everybody. They're a family again. And mini me is now part of everybody. And then the four of them, Austin and Dr. Evil and Nigel and mini me are all together and Scott's there watching it in the, the evil lair. And he's just like, what the hell, man? He's like, I, you're, you're telling me I I spent all this time becoming evil and now you're going to turn good. And like, he's just instantly pissed off. Like, what the hell? This is ridiculous. And he's missing hair. Yeah. And his hair is like, looks terrible. It's just, yeah, it's almost gone. I think it's like combed over now. It looks really bad. <laughs> but uh, that, that whole scene uh, was just kind of funny. You know, they have to stop the meteor from coming into earth now. Cause Dr. Evil's changed his ways. So they have to turn off the, the whole tractor beam and, yep. you know, stop the collision course with earth and they they do obviously and you know they save the world all together this time and then the movie kind of just ends up ending with uh scott now at the helm of dr evil's like whole evil empire know, yeah his yeah. whole empire and now it's like okay um are we going to get a fourth movie so it was like it really makes you wonder um so i i did do a little research Obviously, it's been 20 years, so it'd be a time to do it, right? 20 years later, hey, you know, you always pick everything on like that kind of number, don't they? Mm -hmm. So I did do a little research and I found out that the status of the movie itself was questionable. In 2016, Mike Myers had confirmed that the movie's filming arrangements was done and that the director was, you know, slow due to obligations, uh, you know, with his parents and all that kind of stuff, like being able to or being a parent, I'm sorry. Um, he had had kids, you know, and his stuff. So he kind of took a back seat for a little while, but then as of, it does happen. Yeah. It's happened to us. So as of 2019 though, uh, director Jay Roach said that he was still interested in making the movie, hinting that the movie may be in development, uh, maybe in development hell, uh, or hit some kind of a snag in funding. That's kind of what I saw mostly, but Mm -hmm. the thing about it that, that makes me wonder is, I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast is Dr. Evil made a, a, a comeback. He came back for a, a, a commercial in the Super Bowl. So Mike Myers just played Dr. Evil, which means he, he's got a feeling for, Hey, let's make the, you know, maybe we can make these movies again. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they already have started. I mean, 
why else would you get the costume out? Like, right, right. So it might be a way of, you know, showing something that could happen um, in the future, maybe sooner than later. We, we really don't know a hundred percent, but I am, I am kind of curious on your thoughts on a fourth movie and what you would want to see from it. Ah, that's like, part of me is like, they don't need to make a fourth movie, like just leave it yeah. with the trilogy. But then part of me is like, I would love to see Scott as the evil, like bad guy in the movie and see Dr. Evil and Austin Powers, like work together. Like how, how would that work? Like yes, their personalities are so different. Like that would be freaking hilarious. Yeah. We got so, three minutes of it or something in this movie. We got to see them work yeah, together. Right. And yeah, it was funny. Yeah. That's that was stuff funny. was funny. So I don't know. I guess I'm just where if they make it, obviously I'm going to watch it, but if they don't make it, I would, I wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's rumors that it could come to the Peacock network, which is the streaming network that they do. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is owned by the uh, NBC corporation and everything being, uh, being whatever studio. I don't remember hundred percent right now. New line. I think it was got picked up by these guys. And there's a little bit of, you know, weight to it because they did make a MacGruber revival movie that is strictly mm-hmm. on Peacock. And MacGruber is a lot like this. It's just kind of more of a joke on uh, MacGyver, you know, yeah. from, the, from the 80s. Right. So, and there's a lot more talk of it because there's been so many spy movies. Like we've had the Kingsman came out. There's been so many Bond movies here as of late. Um, a new one just here real, real recently as well. Um Yes, they have a lot of material to spoof. Exactly. So there's plenty of things that they could take and use um, from all of those movies, as well as, you know, other other movies that have been done. I mean, this these movies just kind of make fun of, you know, pop culture in a way like they just take pop culture and and bond and just satire them up. You know, (laughs) Um, so I I would love it to see that as well, Um, just to see Austin and Dr. Evil work together and scott be the bad guy and have a different number two or something i i don't yeah. know I, my mind just reels at how many different things they could do and the potentials is there and the thing of it is is like i think about this often how many police academy movies did they make oh my gosh like, like over 10 right eight plus yeah maybe maybe they, maybe they didn't make over 10 but um they they could do that with movies that are just comedies that are just making fun of oh yeah a like genre endless amounts of stuff like that you they can use you know what i mean like if you're using everyday pop culture the the supply is limitless yeah absolutely there's so many of them so um they did make eight actually okay so they made eight police academy movies I think they can make eight Austin Powers movies, honestly. Be, <laughs> they could. Um, I, I know what you mean, though, when you say, like, you know, I, I don't know if they really need to make more. Because, you know, stuff does get, you know, oversaturated and becomes unfunny. You know, you've seen it too many times. But I guess, like, my brain says how, how much these movies improved over three movies and how they became funnier. And... I do, I do, I think I already said it already, but you know, this is my favorite of the three movies. I think mm-hmm. Goldmember is the best one. And I feel like they could just keep getting better with just the not having to make sense of stuff and just being able to joke about it. And I, I want that, honestly, like if it's just me being selfish, I want movies that I can go to and not have to think like, oh, there's yeah. some underlying meaning to this, or it's like, you know, it has this, you know, 
particular scene in it that, you know, it didn't match with the continuity of this because this happened. And I, I mean, that's fun sometimes. I mean, I'll theorize with, with Marvel movies and other things as well to see maybe what'll happen later. But at the same time, I just kind of want to sit back and watch it happen and enjoy what they're putting out Yeah, yeah, and not tear it to pieces. And these movies are made to strictly, that's strictly why they're made, in my opinion. Like, just have fun. You don't need to terrorize the movie. You don't need to take it apart and put it back together. Right. It's meant to be stupid. It's meant to be funny. And there's not enough of these. They, no, these don't that's exist. That's what I say. They just don't make these movies anymore. Like, everything is like... You know, I mean, you have the Marvel Universe, which is kind of a don't think like if you just sit back and enjoy, but you can at the same time theorize about stuff that's going to happen in the Marvel Universe, which is fun. You know, we love to do that. Um, But to just have a downright like comedy poking fun at everything, there haven't been any of those types of movies probably since Austin Powers. Like it feels like it's good. I mean, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I can think maybe 40 year old virgin was the last one okay. that came out. That's on, it's in, you know, my top five comedies that came out more recently uh, than Austin powers. That was literally just making fun of like the world oh. and like, you know, sex and, you know, just yeah. pick the subject. And if it, okay, let's make fun of this. Yeah. And not yeah, be too serious about it. Yeah. No, it wasn't too serious about it, but there was still kind of a serious tone, like to that movie a little bit. Like with the whole daughter and then, you know, him wanting to get married and, you know, taking the girl to the sex education class. Like that was hilarious, yeah. but yeah. there was some serious undertones to it as well. But yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I it wasn't of, on par with Austin Powers. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the last movie that, that I just laughed like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And 20 years later, we're watching it again and, and you know, laughing just as hard. Yeah, we had we had like a movie night. You know, we finished uh, we finished Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So my, my yeah. daughter wanted to, she's reading the books. So she wanted to watch the movie and we compared the old one and the new one. So we watched both of those now. She likes the old one better. Spoiler for yep. everybody out there. Uh, <laughs> good for her because so do we. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we watched the new movie Turning Red, um, which has huge amounts of meaning to it that you could pick yeah. one out of a hundred of it that means something to somebody out there. Um, and then we watched Goldmember. We're like, okay, let you know, we're just kind of gonna run the gambit here. And uh actually got up this morning before recording and was talking with my son, and he was like, Dad, out of all the movies we watched yesterday, what was your favorite? And before I could even answer, he goes, Mine was Goldmember. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I would agree with you, bud. I was like, you know, I love a good comedy, I love a good laugh. I said I needed that, and it was great. So yeah, and he goes, Yes, still yeah. that movie is so funny. He's like, made me laugh so much. And, you know, he's 12. So clearly, you know, these are movies that are made for a younger audience, but I'm 41 years old. I will laugh all day long at these kinds of movies if they put them out, you know, because yeah. I, I want to be funny. Yeah, I want to be young at heart. And I want to have fun. I want to laugh. I want to not have a terrible day every day. And, you know, if I did have one, I have this kind of stuff to go home and watch or whatever. Um, but I want to veg out with popcorn and laugh with my family on the couch or in the theater or whatever. Um, so I want more of these. I hope they bring more styles of these movies back. I really, really do want a fourth one. Cause I do enjoy Mike Myers and, you know, everybody who writes and directs on these, I think he's just a majorly talented, you know, person. So I, I want another one. I really, really do. 
and they ended on a cliffhanger. So maybe we'll just have a forever cliffhanger. I don't know. Yeah, you know, with, I don't know. With Scott, you know, doing his little dance, you know. You just have full, to make it up fully in your own mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll have to figure it out and I'll, I'll make it on my own. <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, favorite scene before we get out of here. It hit me with a favorite scene. What do you got? Oh, gosh. Why do you do this? It's so hard to pick like one <laughs> well, scene that's just my we'll favorite. Do, we'll do favorite scene and then we'll do uh, what if. We have a what if on here that I okay. came up with too. I, I would probably have to say the whole little, the gangster scene in the jail. The jail, the the, the yeah. hard knock life scene. Yeah, that yeah. was. That was good. Yeah. Or that when good. Dr. Evil drops Minnie-Me out of the baby carrier. That was pretty hilarious too. Yeah. Usually anything involving Dr. Evil or mini me yeah yeah <laughs> um we didn't talk about my favorite scene which i meant to but my favorite scene was the the doctor's office scene where austin is on mini, mini me's shoulders and they're like walking oh, around the doctor's gosh. office yeah and he, and he gives him the he gives him the apple juice to drink and then he likes he's spitting the apple juice out as if he's pissing into this cup because he's got to have a <laughs> he's got to have a um what what a urine physical. sample he's got to have a yeah, physical it's done. the henchman physical day yeah and they have to go and get behind a, a, a from the second movie, like when they see the shadows, they got to get behind this like curtain and you see the shadow and it mini me's hand is tapping the map and it looks like Austin's privates because of the way they're lined up. And like, yep. and then it looks like he gives birth to mini me later and all this kind of, and there's a, there's the one henchman who's watching all of it. And he's just like, Oh my like, God, Jesus. What is going on with yeah. that guy? And it's funny because it's actually, that guy out. <laughs> yeah it's actually the same guy who watched all the other shadow stuff happen in the yep. first in, in the second movie the second with one. uh with felicity and uh, austin in the tent so i i love that one because there's a bunch of references to the first movie and the, or the second movie and then there's a bunch of like little funny shit that happens inside of it i really enjoyed it and when he when he's spitting the drink out like all over the place is it great. is not a stream of urine at all <laughs> he is literally just like spitting it and you're like whoever urinates like that has yeah. some serious issues like they need yeah. checked out and then the doctor's kind of looking at him and then like he he hands it to the doctor which is just apple juice but then he's like tapping yeah. him on the face with his yeah. hands are all covered in it <laughs> he's like oops sorry yeah yeah oh uh, that seems good um okay so the what if i have here i was curious about this one i want to know what you think what if tom cruise really played austin powers but it wasn't a comedy Oh, so like, what if they actually made? Yeah, what if they did a serious, like Bond, not satire, but mm. it was Tom Cruise. I don't think not. I would like that. Wouldn't be good. No. Is it because it's Tom Cruise, or because of how it would be? Kind of. Like, kind of? don't get me wrong. I like Tom Cruise. I like a lot of the movies that he's in. Like Mission Impossible. Those are the best ones. Yeah, those are the best ones. Like Mission Impossible, Top Gun, like. I'll admit, I enjoy those movies. Yeah. For a girl, I don't tend to watch girly movies. Yep. Um, I have very much a different perspective on movies <laughs> than most girls. But I, I don't know. Like, I just don't think I would like it. Like, it would be too weird. It's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, it is very hard to wrap my head around. Like, I'm trying to think, like, how would he act as Austin, but serious? And I'm like, but I still couldn't take it seriously. So I just, well, but you think... would have to, you'd have to put your brain in the head of like 
you've never seen this. Like it's never been, never been an Austin Powers movie ever made. That like instead of James movie. Bond, it's just Austin Powers. And, you know. But, but I guess my question is, is like, is there still like the innuendos, but just yes. spoken more seriously? No, like oh, they yeah, would, no. they would, they would exist, but they would exist in like the, like not comedy, but just kind of like, I want to say cringy. Like the first thing I came to mind and me was thinking is like, like he's trying to act serious, you know, and make it through. Uh, I I mean, that's what he did in the trailer at the beginning, you know, like when when he he was was not. Yeah. That was a whole movie. If the first five minutes of this movie was a movie, how, how would, what if I would get up and leave probably (laughs) like, no, no. Um, Yeah. I, I, I just thought it was funny that they chose him to play Austin Powers and the way he played it, you know, because he's at the very beginning, you know, it's the Austin is always bubbly and fun and everything, you know, that's his mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And when Tom Cruise says to Dixie Normus, where he's like, shall we shag now or shall we shag later? Like, I mean, he just says it like straight face. Like he does deadpan. Yeah, yeah. deadpan. And he does not no. have any accent or nothing like that. No. You know, it's just so Miss Enormous, should we shag now or shag later? And then, you know, she says something and he's like, he well, even when he pulls the even when he pulls the glasses off for the first time you see it's him and he turns around, looks at the camera, and he's like, Yeah, baby. Like he's just he's just it's just so straight. No, no, <laughs> no. no, thank you. I'll pass on that. It's a solid what if to think about. It'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be, it'd be like in between, it'd be a cringy Jack Reacher or something. You know what I mean? Like when he played Jack Reacher. Yeah. Which is a great movie. It is a great uh, movie. But yeah, for for the whole five, the first five minutes of this movie is just meant to be hilarious. So at the same time, it'd be cringy. It might actually be really funny and like a naked gun kind of way. But it's, but it's, but you only know it's funny because it's at the beginning of an Austin Powers movie. Like if they legit put that movie out as a serious, like this is an Austin Powers movie and this is how it is. No, no, thank you. Well, it'd be like, it'd be like, he's too dumb to know that what he's saying is, is cringy and bad. Like, like Leslie Nielsen played in. Okay. Yeah. Naked Gun. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's airplane. I know, but the Naked Gun movies are funny. Like, yeah, and and they're funny on the level of they're they're on that level of like he doesn't know he's a moron. Like he thinks he's doing the right thing. So okay, I, maybe maybe right. You would probably sit yeah. through it at that point, but at the yeah. at the end of the movie, you'd be like, I don't know. Like, did I like it or not like it? That's where yeah. I lean on the what if. Like, I lean into the middle of like, man, that could have been better. Maybe not. You know, because. I thought it was a fun what if, but Tom Cruise, I don't think Tom Cruise can do the type of comedy that he, you would want to see. And I don't think no. he can do the dumb, but supposed to be dumb kind of character. Like, yeah, you know, I don't doesn't know he he's dumb, either. but he is dumb. Like, I, I, and he probably doesn't want to honestly either, but probably I, not. it was really shocking to see him do this back in 2002, to be honest with you. So, so anyway, it was a fun. What if I had to throw it in there? I was curious. Yeah, that was a good one. Clearly, this has been a loud thumbs up. We love, 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 love the Austin Powers yes. trilogy. Want more. Yes. And Goldmember, uh, best in the trilogy for you too, right, Heather? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 
good stuff. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed these. We had fun doing them and uh, we'll, we'll have to pick another trilogy at some point, whether it might be comedy or not. We'll have to talk about it. We've been wanting to do John wick. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, we have. And that's going to be more than a trilogy, but still that's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as what we've been watching, cause this is a, we, we live in the same house. We watch together. <laughs> we do um, watch together. Peacemaker. That's the, that's the one I can oh say. We, we started Peacemaker. <laughs> finally, I think we're halfway yep. through the season and the intro to that show is so freaking weird, but, but you the, can't not watch it. That's the thing. Like I watched it the first time and then I skipped it for the second episode. And then I was like, I'm just going to watch it again. And then I've watched it every time. Like I don't yep. skip the intro now. Like it's and just, usually we skip the intros on all the shows. Like you're yeah. like, eh, let's just get to the show. But yeah. this one, for some reason, neither one of us. And it's every time it's on, we're like watching it. Like it's just yeah. the weirdest thing but it is hilarious. We should, we like should we, just record ourselves doing the dance one time. <laughs> <laughs> we get the kids in on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's I a, mean, just leave it to James Gunn to come up with like this quirky, funny, weird musical, like beginning. And not, to, not to mention to take a guy. And if you haven't seen, I'm not going to spoil suicide squad for you, but go back to one of our first movie reels. We did talk about it. The, a character that you just don't like, and yeah. then made him into a character you kind of like now. Like it's yeah. really you weird. Like feel for him. You're like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Uh, best. As far as I'm concerned, it's the best DC show that's been out period. It, I, as far as TV agree. shows go, it, it's really good. It's, it's well worth watching. It keeps me interested. And that's not easy to do. Honestly, with shows like these, I'd rather just watch the movies sometimes. Um, but this, this to me was even better than like the Hawkeye series. Like, I, I know you love the Hawkeye series probably more than I this did. one, yeah. but I, I think this is great. The comedy's there. This is, this is like straight up just stupid comedy. Like the, the way that they joke around and, and talk is. to each other and give each other shit. And, uh, he calls one guy in the show, die beard pretty much the whole time because <laughs> he yeah. dies his beard. beard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just good stuff like that. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's definitely worth checking out. I think it's 10 episodes long and they're supposed to be doing another season of it as well. But John Cena kills it as that character. He's I've always known he, he's been a funny dude. I've liked him since wrestling. Um, so even way back with him in The Rock and things like that that were going on. So worth watching. Uh, Peacemaker, yeah. HBO. Good stuff. Yep. All right. Well, hey, this has been a long one. I think we doubled our last episode's uh, timing, <laughs> but that's OK. It was fun. It was fun. Thanks again for coming on and doing this. It was a good yeah, time. Of course. We are out of here for this one. We'll be back sometime. Don't know who the guest will be. Might be Heather, might be somebody else. We keep the chair rotating. So until right. next time, everybody out there, stay loud. <laughs>